That's Thursday and Friday on FSRN. Our regular newscast resumes on Monday, the 27th of November. From KPFK in Los Angeles, this is Aura Bogado. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's just now six o'clock. Shortly, we will be getting into closets are for clothes, um, as we are, however, still waiting for a few of the members to show. We are going to play some music for a little while, but stick around for closets are for clothes, which will be coming up very soon. And uh, thanks a lot for listening to. The most wonderful radio station. <laughs> we are going to hear a very awesome song called Beware of the Blob by Mr. Bert Bacharach. Mm, take it away. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets Closets are are for clothes.
Closets Over Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. <laughs> We're here. We're on. Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts, Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. And we are here. Woohoo! Yes, we are. It's November 23rd? 2nd. 22nd. Um, 2006, a wonderful Wednesday evening before Thanksgiving. And um, I'm feeling a little panicked, but I'm Why okay. Why are you panicked? Well, I found out on Sunday night that my younger sister uh, decided that I was going to be the one that cooked Thanksgiving dinner. Whoa. Yes. The whole Kinda, thing? The whole thing. The whole Jeez. enchilada or the whole, uh, maybe not enchilada. But it was, um, yes, what happened is that my, I have three sisters. Uh-huh. <clears throat> my, the eldest sister, she is the one that usually hosts it at our, at our house, um, cooks everything, and we just basically show up and have fun. And it turns out that her husband has the flu and is quite sick. And um, uh, probably when he gets better, he'll only have time to clean the house. Um, and she has um, broke uh, or cracked a rib. Oh, my so God. She can't lift anything like a turkey or any, you know, or mashed potato mashing, things like that. She cannot do. Um, so, um, and then my middle sister is the, she every Thanksgiving goes to Montana with her husband to visit his best friend and his wife. Um, and uh, so they go away for the weekend. So it was left to my younger sister and I. And my younger sister was like, oh, Dan will cook. He'll do all the cooking. Well, the problem is, is if you don't know me very well, I am a microwave queen. So Although I, you make a pretty mean pancake. Oh, thank you very much. You're thank welcome. you. I am pretty good in the breakfast area. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you did all right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, a, so anyway, so there was a, so, so I was kind of handed this thing, notified of this on Sunday evening. And so I've been kind of doing a little panicking. Like, I can't believe this is actually going. I'm like, ha ha ha, you're very funny. And right. thinking that they would, you know, They'd come figure out something. And they were like, mm, no. They'd so I rescue I, you. <laughs> exactly. And so, no, I talked to my sister last night, my, uh, the elder sister who has the cracked rib. And she was like, um, no, I'm, I'm not doing anything because I'm still in too much pain. Um, I won't be able to do this. And I was like, so it really is me. And she's like, oh, yeah. So I was like, well, I need to kind of figure out what we have because I, there are things that I know I want, but I don't think I don't know what everybody else wants or what right. they coordinate, you know, because some people like, like we have two kinds of stuffing. We have the stovetop stuffing and we also have my sister's stuffing because she likes to put fruit in her stuffing and some, and some people that come to the, to the event. Um, what fruit? Um, apricots, maybe sometimes peaches, raisins, things like that. Um, um, sometimes she's put dates in it. Um, it's whatever is her fancy. And, um, she's the type of sister that one time, I think we had something, um, some type of goulash or something. And she decided it wasn't colorful enough. She needed a little blue. So she pulled frozen blueberries out of the, uh, oh my. and added it. And to be honest with you, it was absolutely delicious. The type, whatever it was that we were having, it, she it just, suited. it was perfect. It was, it, I liked it. So it was kind of a very odd 
Um, she also makes everybody their birthday cakes individually. Um, and they're like my younger, uh, the youngest nephew. Um, he did an army theme for his um, thing. So she basically cut the cake and made it look like a mountain and took, uh, and then made it like army green frosting. Um, wow. and, and had army guys, you know, going up the, uh, up, up the mountain of the cake or whatever, and so it was very. It's she's wow. You know, Is your sister Martha Stewart? Almost. I sometimes I would give her almost any credit. Of, she could do almost <laughs> anything. I've just been amazed with her, and um, and she's not afraid. She just she just goes with it. There are sometimes like when my first nephew was born. Um, uh, there were some colors that she was choosing for his room, and they were like the bright, like a very bright green, a very like uh, bright fuchsia, um, uh, some yellows and things. And I'm looking at these, and my, I just think my eyes were straining, like, how in the world are you going to do this? Well, sure enough, when she had finished the room, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely wonderful. It was. I was like, wow, she really pulled all this together. Mm-hmm. So, so this is one of those things of like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this Thanksgiving off. She has about fifteen to twenty people, and she's like, and you're doing, you're going to do it, Dan. Wow. So, um, so of course, are you this, freaking out? I well, yes, yes. And in fact, then it happened, and this is what's so funny about it. And I brought it with me actually for you to take a look at. So, um, last, uh, so this morning, I open up uh, my email, and I have a grocery list which I'm handing to. Uh, Christy. Wow. Uh, and not only is it and not only any uh, grocery list, but it even tells me, okay, you get that from Myers. And by the way, do you know where I get the ice? The gas station. That's right. She has that right on there. <laughs> that is really funny. And then, um, and then she has the next thing is a timetable telling me when I have to put make the Jello, when I have to make the uh, mashed potatoes, when to put the turkey in. Um, at, and it, the schedule goes all the way from nine o'clock until three o'clock in the afternoon when we sit to eat. Um, and it even goes as far as at two fifty, you need to be able to put the. Um, the rolls in the uh, in the oven, so they're nice and warm. So I just started laughing that she actually has thought this far out. Like, oh yeah, Dan, you are going to do this. Wow. One last sheet of paper, um, and then I also have a checklist that once the table is set and I have things that are ready to eat before anybody can sit down, I have an actual checklist that I have to go through to make sure that everything is on the table that's supposed to. So I just started laughing. I just thought this was absolutely hysterical that um, <laughs> that they would go to this extent. Here's and, what's interesting to me. Uh huh. If she had the time and energy to make all these lists and timetables, why the hell can't she make the food? Because this is years past. Oh, this is some she's already <laughs> she's done. She's already done. Oh, she just okay. apparently for because if you'll notice it, it says um, Thanksgiving of two thousand uh, two thousand. I think it is. No, I don't have any. Oh, these are okay. Sorry, I have the other thing, which is like the week before. Call and confirm the number of people. Uh, we uh, wash the windows, wash dining room hutch. Uh, two days before, set the table, clean out the fridge, um, iron tablecloths, candles. Um, the day before, uh, make the cranberry sauce. Uh, decide what dishes, utensils to use. Um, set up beverage table. So this is the the I guess the Thanksgiving notes of two thousand. So wow, yeah. So we. I will say it does seem a little excessive, you know, uh-huh. just casually talking about it. Right. But I have done a full Thanksgiving dinner oh, for yes. many people um, once and uh-huh. one time only. I'm not. Comp- I wouldn't do it again. I'm right. not saying I've only, you know, I've done it once, but I did a timetable. I looked at each thing I was making uh-huh. and 
went backwards and said, okay, by this time, this needs to be in the oven. By this time, this needs to be cooking. Ah. And I successfully got everything ready all at the same time. Wow. Every single dish was prepared and ready to eat at the time I said we'd be eating dinner. Oh, my word. So I really think that these timetables are worth it. Because you don't want to be... You don't want to be like ready to, everybody's ready to eat and you're still, you know, the mashed potatoes are done, the the yams are done. Right. The Everything's done, but you're still waiting two hours on the turkey. Right. You know, you don't want to have exactly that yes. sort of thing happen. You want it to be right on yep. schedule. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, we're doing two Thanksgiving wow. celebrations this year. We're doing one elsewhere and then doing one at our house. Okay. Um, and I'm doing all the food for that too. Oh. And I've totally planned it all out already. Like, oh, good. What order I'm doing it in. I'm going to do some ahead of time tonight and tomorrow. Like, yep. yeah, I support this. Although, um, you know, it is a little <laughs> well, I just thought Over it was funny how she's like, uh, well, and that's the other thing that's so funny is that um, I don't even have the rest. I don't have the recipes. So, um, and well, so she's her. There's not a lot on here that you need recipes for, though. Well, the cranberry sauce. Don't you need? Well, there's, it says jarred canned cranberry sauce in your shopping list. Oh, does it? So you have to go and shopping tonight. regular cranberry sauce. And I will tell you that the package of cranberries that you buy, if uh-huh. you buy the Ocean Spray, whatever, uh-huh. it has instructions on there, too. Ah, okay. Got it. Because she was saying, because I called her laughing about the fact that she sent this to me, and she's, she was kind of giggling. And um, the... And she'd stated that she says, "Oh, well, I'll just sit on one of the kitchen stools and just in the corner um, with my arm in the the sling or whatever she's got or whatever, and tell you, okay, now you mix this and you put that there, mm-hmm. you do this." And I'm just like, "Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a very interesting um, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving." Good luck, Dan. So yes. is anybody helping you? Um, well, um, I th- I think I, rec- I my younger sister who has now recruited me to do it better be there. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that perhaps you should drive by and pick her up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, uh, On your way. And I'm planning to get it at her house at 7. Yeah, I vote for that. I support it. I totally so, support that. It's, it's like, goodness gracious. A good plan. Absolutely. A very good plan. So how are you? So what are you... You know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, you know, Thanksgiving's coming, whatever. It's all well and good. I have been... You know, I I'm not. I told you last week about I'm deciding to rock my mustache. Oh yeah. And I have to say, I expected it to stop growing by now. Oh. It seems to be. It seems that there's something. I don't know. Maybe I've been holding it back all these years, and it's decided to grow a little crazy. And in addition to that, I got my hair cut today, and I um, had to take Charlotte with me. And she usually, when I get my hair cut. Hangs out with the receptionist at the salon I go okay. to, which is the salon that Jeremy works at. Um, uh-huh. Jeremy Merklinger, who's a regular guest on our show. Anyway, the receptionist there hangs out with Charlotte and keeps her company and, yeah. and whatever. And usually that works fine. Charlotte was having none of it today. Uh-oh. So I had to hold her in my lap while I got my hair cut. Oh, my. Which was challenging for all yes. parties. Um, because she wouldn't even sit in her stroller. Like, oh. she was like... Having just a hard day. Yes. Um, and so I wasn't really paying attention to my haircut. Oh, no. And I fear that it is a little shorter than I intended it to be, <laughs> in particular on top. So now I have this, like, military-style haircut. You do. <laughs> and a mustache. And I have to go spend the next four days with my family. <laughs> 
<laughs> who already think I'm a freak. Oh, no. You know, and whatever, for whatever reason. And so I've been having weird gender moments all day. Oh, like, wow. I get surd fairly regularly, and I've talked about that on yes. the show. And, then, and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Although I will, I did earlier this week, I had a run-in in a, in a women's room. I tend to not use public restrooms. Oh, okay. Because I don't like the... Yes. The, the confrontation. The confrontation. And yes. I'm like, come on, I'm just trying to pee. Right. Leave me alone. Right. Um, but this earlier this week, I really, really had to go to the bathroom. It was over the weekend. And I so I was in the bathroom, and this woman came in. I was standing right at the sink. As soon as you walked in, you could see me washing my hands. So this woman stopped and, stopped and stared at me. And then she turned around and walked out and went to, and I, and I got done washing my hands and I wa- went to walk to the door too. And she had walked out there to look at the outside of the door to see, you know. She walked the, in the right one. Walked right. in the right one. And I said very loudly, yeah, you're in the right bathroom and so am I. Oh. You know? <laughs> and I was like, I'm kind of grumpy about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, but, so I've been having some gender yes. weirdness. Yeah. Today and you know just related to the mustache thing and right. Um, it's also I, I don't know. It's just it doesn't look like I what I expected it to look like. It's not. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff and uh-huh. so like I've actually been thinking of like going back on this decision and oh. changing my mind and um, but then I'm I'm like but I can't. You know what I right. mean? Like. I can't do that. That's not being true right. to who I am. And right. so I was talking with my partner earlier today. She's like, well, you could trim it. You could like, you know, manscape it. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I could. Yeah. I could, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, and that's. I, and that's sometimes why I try to start to wonder: Is it me having my issues of of gender, like gender phobia? I guess I don't know. Right, or, right, right. Or gender identity phobia, or or um, crisis, or whatever. Of like, well, what does this mean if somebody doesn't identify me correctly? And, right, I totally do that. You know, and you know, and I've gotten to the point where when people say yes, ma'am, and and they're like, oh, I mean yes, sir, and I'm like, you know, I answered to both. I don't care. I know what you meant. You know. Right. Uh, well, that's what I tell people. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but there are certain moments where I do care, mm-hmm. and I mean, last night I went to I, I'm um, I decided I'm going to try this. I might over the next few weeks I'm going to have to listen to our show a little more deeply um, because I'm taking this meditation class. Oh yeah, and um, and so one of the things that they were telling us for what to wear for next for next week is to make sure we're something very comfortable. So don't wear high heels, don't wear long dresses, things like this. And she pointed to me and said that might not be something you would normally wear. And I looked at her and I turned to her and I said, Well, it may work for me this time. You know, or right, it work for right. me? Oh, no, I said it works. It has worked for me in the past. And, right, right. And she was like, "Okay, I won't go there." And I was like, mm, "Wait, no, this is this. I may have to confront her as the class goes on about, you know, some gender. She's going to have to start uh, doing some neutral gender stuff. Of just, mm-hmm. you need to kind of understand." That who you have in this class, and everybody in the class knows who I am and knows that I'm gay, and so when I made that comment, they giggled because they knew exactly. Right, right, right. Like, oh no, it may work for me. You know, it's worked for me in the past. Don't get me wrong. And she made the comment, and 
I think they didn't know what to do. But you're right. It's one of those where there are days that I want to confront people and say, what's wrong with the way I present myself? Or what would be wrong if I did wear high heels? And I am actually tempted. I told some folks afterwards that I want to go get some high heels or like, you know, some really cheap five dollar, you know, well, pair. Well, I happen to know where you can find kind of large, oh, size, inexpensive high heels. And just take my shoes off and um, put high heels like next to my feet, you know. So mm-hmm. I said, well, you said not to wear high heels. And so I put it, you know, put like right, right, my right. real shoes underneath my coat. And, but put the high heels right present, right where I'm sitting. Right. Where you... So she could just like, uh, yeah. uh, like this and just kind of just confront her a little bit. But uh-huh. you're right. I mean. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Because I don't. Like, I support gender transgression. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I mean, I'm a gender transgressor. Yeah. I know that I am. And but I, and I support it in other people, and I support transition of gender if that's what folks need to do to feel, feel right and comfortable. Um, and I like the fact that I'm sometimes gender indeterminate. You know, like, right. people have to look twice at me or whatever. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. But at the same time, I can't lie and say that it doesn't sometimes feel really scary. Yes. Um, you know, I've seen Boys Don't Cry. You know yes, what I'm saying? Absolutely. I've seen that movie. Absolutely. And, um, granted, I live in Ann Arbor, which is kind of... But when you leave Ann Arbor, right. it's a whole different... A whole different even different in place. Royal Oak. It's well, a, even in Pittsfield Township, yeah, yeah. it can be very yes. different, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, and so, it, yeah, it just it makes me nervous. And so I find myself doing these things, like having these thoughts about ways that I could look more like a girl, mm-hmm. you know, which is so not comfortable for me. Right. But I did it just today. I was talking about going on job interviews, which hopefully I will someday. Um, and I'm saying, and Danielle happens to have this um, pantsuit, women's pantsuit, that's sort of gender neutral, but okay. it's clearly cut for a woman. Like, uh-huh. you look closely With at the it. the flair of the coat. Right, things, yeah. right. It's just certainly, but I was like, you know, I've. she said, do you believe I still have this? And I said, I do, and I don't want you to get rid of it because I may want to wear it for job interviews. And she actually raised her eyebrows at me and said, you know, why do you want to look more like a girl or more like a woman? And I said, because it's scary. Yeah. You know, you're not, you don't know what that's like. Yeah. I mean, just like I'm never going to know what it's like to walk into a room with brown skin. Yeah. You know, you're never going to know what it's like to walk into a room and people like not know what you are. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just, so it's just, it's a, it's a tough thing. And you know, in the right context, I, and I encourage like being called sir or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like amongst butch femme friends Absolutely. or even, yeah. and just about any other queer yep. that sort of makes sense to me. It's, it's a recognize recognition of my, you know, masculine femaleness. Right. And, or masculine feminine, masculine gender, mm-hmm. but still in a woman's body. And, mm-hmm. um, but when it's the barista at some coffee shop, I always, um, and then I have to talk. Yeah. And they recognize right away when I open my mouth that they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, which I don't really think they made a mistake, whatever. Right. They, you know, but to them, and they then are mortified. Yes. And then I have to try and salvage their humiliate and, and fix their humiliation for them by being solicitous. It's like, you know, I don't want to be solicitous to you. Right. I don't. You know what? So what? You made a mistake. Yeah. Big deal. Right. 
And that's part of what I love about this one comment that a friend of mine that's in recovery says, I really don't care what you think of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that statement in the sense of, you know what, I'm not, I don't have to take, and it's hard. I'm not going to tell you that I do this very easily, but it's hard when people, because I'm a caretaker. I, I just, I am. I'm a caretaker type of person. So when people have have a hurt feeling or they have, mm-hmm. or they're uncomfortable or something, I want to take care of it. And it's really hard for me to sit back and say, you have to deal with this because it's not for right. me to try to deal with. It's and not. It, it's taken me a long time. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect every time because sometimes it's like, I really don't want to deal with it right now as right. I throw the pen and across so, the table. Exactly. So. No, it's but fine. Yeah, so um, I agree with you. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't speak then. Yeah. I'm like, just whatever. I, you know, I don't want to do. And that's the best that I can come up with at that, in that moment to not have to, because it's, it's, for me, it's not the caretaking thing. It's the, I want everybody to like me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so when I have this freakish gender thing going on for them, they're going to, you know, and so I don't want to be confrontational yes. and shame them about right. the fact that they don't know enough about gender and yep. their scope of gender is too small and yep. or whatever it is. I, you know, my partner does a really good job sometimes when, um, it, if it ever happens when we're together, uh, in fact, it did happen once we went out to dinner in a very dark restaurant. Um, and I was wearing it was wintertime, so I was wearing kind of a sweater with a shirt. So, you know, the fact that I have large breasts was not as obvious. Oh. Um, and and the the waitress, after I had spoken to her, right. called me sir. She said, what can I get for you, sir? Mm-hmm. And I said, well. And she's like, oh, my. And she turned beet red. And she's uh-huh. like, there goes my tip, right? Like, that's automatically. Yeah, right, right, and right. Just thinking, and my partner was just like, you know what? You don't really have to be embarrassed about it. You yeah. didn't get, she knows what she looks like. Yeah. She Absolutely. gets dressed every day and yeah. looks in the mirror at least to brush her teeth, if not more. Right. So why are, and she, like she went on for a little, and there's no reason for you to be embarrassed. Yeah. Do you think that it's a mystery to her that she looks that way? Right. Um, and which is true. And I've said that to people. I've said, you know, I know exactly what I look like. Right. And in fact, I make a choice to look certain ways. Yes. You know, it is yep. a choice to get my hair cut this short. Mm-hmm. It is a choice to wear men's clothing. Mm-hmm. It is a choice, more or less, to let my mustache grow. Yes. Like, uh-huh. all those things are choices that I've made. So clearly, I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I'm just slovenly and don't care what I look like so that I'm these things are just happening. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, clearly, I'm well-groomed and clean. Yep. So the fact that I, ha- you know, I'm... Yep. I don't know that I'm presenting my gender this way should indicate to you that I'm choosing to. Right. I mean, certainly I don't feel that it is a choice for me. This is the only way that I'm comfortable. But, mm-hmm. in you know, I could choose to be uncomfortable well, and conform yeah. more to gender roles. Well, and also social cues. That's one of the things I'm learning because there is someone that's in my life that um, that actually has re-entered my life recently. and And there are some social cues that I take from her that because at first I didn't know whether she was male or female. I mean, she was truly like the pat of my life um, on Saturday Night Live. She was like the person who I had to really watch which bathroom she went into. And unfortunately, it was one of those things that every time I was interacting with her, there was always a unisex bathroom, and that was the one she we, she took. And it wasn't until like the last month, I've known her for 10 years, it was until the last month I now know she identifies as a female. 
and she has a and she decides as feminine with her femininity. That is how she's decided. Mm-hmm. To, but all this time, I never knew what was happening. I didn't know because she would have the facial hair. She would have the, but then she would also have the earrings. She would have mm-hmm. the the um, the short butch haircut, uh, the very the crew cut type of look, but then also be wearing a dress. And I'd be like, okay, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what way. Is she is she male to female, female to male? Um, uh, and the other thing was is that, and and this is what's so funny about when you're in the activism. Um, community um, is that because you're always advocating for everybody's rights, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, um, you know, M to F, F to M, you never, she was always up there with everything. So you mm-hmm. never knew if it was like she had a, like a, a leaning toward gay men or leaning toward women, lesbian, or, you know, you ne- I never knew which way right, she right. was going. And so... And, and it was difficult for me to h- deal with her until I actually finally had a conversation with a friend of mine who also knew who she was and said, I said, I don't know how to deal with this. This is the hardest, the, the person that I have the hardest time communicating with in my life because I, I try to end the conversation and it just never quite ends. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 I, it's like I don't know if she's gotten the cue that I'm done. I need to move on, and 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 even like with the body things, where I'll like turn my body and start walking, she starts walking with me, and it's like okay, but you're going to have to not be insulted if I move into another conversation. I mean, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always rude to her, um, and then finally someone put it out there. It was just like, but she doesn't follow the the social rules, the social indicators of saying. That when when you signal that the conversation is done, or that um, or I want more information, she doesn't give you that normal social cue, and and I think that that's sometimes what I'm realizing as a society that we work on automatic, um, and and I don't want to put this on her. It's just I've got to learn what her social right, cues right. are. So I'm not saying that she's wrong and not learning the social cues or anything like this, but I've got to take it. I have to take the effort. To learn what her social cues are and mm-hmm. what and what and what her indications are, and that's just by interacting with her more often rather than avoiding her and feeling I'm being rude. Um, right, and sometimes people's social social cues aren't cues at all; they're very direct statements. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go over here and talk to so and so now. It was yes. nice talking to you. Yes. Bye. Right, but then she never. I did. <laughs> she still continued the conversation. Really? Yeah, it was one of those things like, oh well, then I guess I'll see you at this event. Um, it was a regular event that was happening. Oh, I guess I'll see you at this event next week. Oh well, I usually go to the earlier events that, that that this happens or whatever. I was like, okay, well then I guess I'll just see you around. Well, you won't actually see me around uh, because I'm going on vacation. Okay, well then you know, um, um. Well, then um, I'll see you. At, so then I guess next time. Um, well, I don't know when that next time is really going to be because you know, I, 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 I'm always around. I'm always in this activity. Okay, but not, no, not anymore right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, then bye. And she's like, well, I hope everything goes well with everything and continue. You know, it just the conversation right. continues. She's having a hard time letting it go. Stop. <laughs> just stop. Exactly. I mean, like I want to put my hand over her mouth and just say, Stop. Speaking of hands over mouth. We're going to have to get to that. We are. Let's take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll talk about hands over mouth. 
Hi, this is Kate Brindle from Eastern Michigan University's Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Resource Center. Check out Closets Are for Clothes on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Hi. Okay, Hi. so we'll make him a manager and whatever. Yes. So, but we'll have to. Yes. So, um, I'll talk about being rude. I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> um, I was just. Um, I um, lately I've been really getting into um, the morning television talk shows. I don't know what it is. I've just been really into them lately. I just find them very entertaining. Lately, are you not working? Oh no, a TiVo. I discovered the world oh. of TiVo. And so now there's been like there hasn't been too many evening shows. The problem is is that I've discovered TiVo about a year ago and so I don't do commercials. So I don't know when new shows are coming or shows that I'd be interested in and so I just fall upon shows. Right. Like the one recently that I've fallen upon that I'm just absolutely in love with is Brothers and Sisters. But Yeah, we, you've talked about that before. Oh, well, I've talked about that other time. But um but the um but the it's very gay, by the way, to like morning talk shows. Oh. I find it to be a very gay thing to like them. Why? It just strikes me. So women, so it's these straight women that are housewives that are caring for their families, staying home moms. They're all gay. No, I think that it makes a man gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christy, I have something to tell you. You're gay. <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> Uh, you know, I am a mostly stay-at-home parent, and I don't watch any of those shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy chasing a naked baby, man. I don't have time to watch TV. Oh, there goes a neuter. Right? <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's, I mean, so I was watching uh, last night, yesterday's the, the View or whatever, and um, Rosie O'Donnell makes this statement, and I, I was able to see it this morning on AOL.com, where Clay, Ak- Clay Aiken... Um, Bacon. Uh, Rise with Bacon. Thank you very much. Um, then I'm probably going, okay, now Kevin Aiken. No, that's Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, let's go Never back. Never mind. Um, um, we'll just erase that part. So um, Clay Aiken was co-hosting with Kelly Ripa on Regis and Kelly, Kelly um, yesterday morning, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, Clay, and, and, and as you know, and you and I have done this for, for quite some time, is that when you're on a talk show, you have to keep talking. I mean, every time we've had a new co-host, right. one of the things that we always introduce them is saying, we won't stop talking until we you... We won't give you a break. No. You need to jump in there. Absolutely. And so you have to... You have to and Clay doesn't have that personality. He, he tries... He's- polite he's very polite and that's one of the things that we also tell people is don't be polite right we just jump in and if you you know we won't give you we won't give you a pregnant pause it just doesn't happen nope um and and some people tell me i've never done that in my life but we won't go into there but um <laughs> so. you said the same thing to me yeah, yeah so. Will you shut up <laughs> jesus <laughs> So the um, so Clay is very polite and and Kelly just trying to keep the show going just keeps talking asking questions and clarifying she's a questions chatty girl absolutely I mean just keeps going and stuff and um, Clay at one point and he was like are you gonna let me try to get a question in here and he had some things he wanted to say and it was kind of very playful at first and then at one point he actually takes his left hand and puts it over Kelly's mouth and she goes. Oh no, that ain't gonna happen here. That is not okay in this situation. And actually says, and plus, I don't know where that hand's been. Well, Rosie O'Donnell on the View 
replays it and says that is the most homophobic Kelly uh, Ripa made the most homophobic remark that she's ever heard not most I guess she says this is definitely a, she took it as a homophobic comment that um, where Clay's hand has been um, she was commenting that she was questioning his homosexuality and that um, there was a problem with that and so therefore she was commenting that that hand has been places that um, she wouldn't put her mouth right um, <laughs> and exactly so Kelly, um, overhearing this conversation, instantly calls the calls view, the view. And, and starts um, bantering with Rosie O'Donnell, um, having what they call um, celebrity feuds. And, and I started t- telling Rosie, like, Rosie, I'm really sorry you took it that way, but that is not my intent. That was not what I was thinking. I was more thinking during the breaks, he's been shaking everybody's hand in the audience, and it's clu- um, flu and cold season, and he's putting that in my mouth, or on my mouth. And it's like, no, you know, I'm not... That's what she was more talking about, where that hand has been. Not even until Rosie brings it up even thinking that it could have been a homophobic remark. And so therefore she, um, so they got into words and Rosie was like, I think you're questioning his homosexuality. That's why you said what you did. She says, you know what? I haven't even, I haven't even asked him about his homosexuality um, or uh, whether his sexual orientation is. Of course, now here I'm putting a little spin on it, assuming he's gay. But, well, you know, we never know. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, give me the eye. Um, so she, uh, but she says, I've never asked that of him. So how, and so therefore I've been the most respectful person toward his sexuality and how he chooses to um, uh, signal folks with it, social cues. Um, she says, I was more commenting on the fact that it was a cold and flu season. And by the way, don't be putting this, your hand over someone's uh, woman's mouth telling her to shut up. So um, it got into this really heated um, uh, phone conversation, and Rosie looked quite defensive, and and was like, "Well, that's the, that's how I viewed it, and this is the you know it's my view, and that's why I bring it up the way the way it was." Um, so I just my thing to you was, and they were actually commenting um, on the view. They actually agreed with Kelly that it was much more of a a social cue that was wrong, that the fact that he had actually put his hand on her mouth, telling a woman to to be quiet is just plain wrong versus what her comment was. His action was much more. And then last night, apparently, there was something on the AMA Awards and Channel 7 where... Um, he was um, presenting, co-presenting with somebody, and I can't remember her name. I'm picturing her right now. Um, and she, he kept talking and talking and talking about the person. And finally, the his co his co-presenter put her hand over his mouth as a mm-hmm. as a little witty, you know, gesture. Right. Well. So last week we were talking about, so those who listened yeah. to us like several weeks at a time about um, to follow up on our conversation from last week is. Um, so what? It, when do I identify things are homophobic and when do I identify things are not homophobic? Who has the right to call out? I guess our next step is who has the right to call this out mm-hmm. of who is who's gay, who, or excuse me, who's homophobic, who's not homophobic? Um, and I will say, you know, in that particular situation, I would bet money that there was some underlying homophobia to Kelly Ripa's comment. Probably, that, yeah. That there was some element of it there. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that was her whole entire intention in saying that? Probably not. I think Clay Aiken screwed up. 
Absolutely. I think that it is very rude. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's a guest. Absolutely. This is her realm. Right. Absolutely. Second of all, she's just doing her best to do good television. Yep. By continuing things and talking and mm-hmm. not letting there be dead space. And, you know, Clay Aiken, Clay needed to, like, speak up yep. and say, perhaps they should have maybe rehearsed. Right. Or given him some more insight mm-hmm. into how this was going to work. Has he not ever met Kelly Ripa? Does he not know that she's going to chat his full head off? Well, I think the situation is is that they have, they definitely, he's been on the show many times right. before. Um, I think he even has been on the show before. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, as a co-host. Um, right. For some reason, I'm trying to think of. But, um, so I'm just kind of, so I I think this was just a, a, a um, a move that wasn't the best on his part. Right. It was a bad choice, mm-hmm. and it was a bad choice what she said. Mm-hmm. I think so. That the both of those things are true. Right. Um, Rosie. Wow. Absolutely. W- what? Yeah. Where did that come from? I mean, and... I can see her saying, "Wow, that really could." I could see somebody reading that as pretty homophobic. It felt mm-hmm. kind of hateful to me. Right. You know, but to to assert that Kelly Rip is a homophobe in such a, like, grand, pointed way, and that's a little extreme. Absolutely. It's a little, not that I'm saying we should, you know, go out of our way to be nice to people who say homophobic things. Right. That's not what I'm saying at all. No. But it's not really productive to just point fingers. Right. Right. I mean, did Kelly Rip? If Kelly Ripa was saying something homophobic, did that teach her anything? Yeah. yeah hello. Right. She just became more staunch in her conversation. On her right. side. This is really what and I then meant. I'm a victim. Right. And this it, is really what I meant. I mm. meant this. And blah, blah 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 blah. Right. You know, you're just a an angry lesbian. Right. And that's pretty much how she said. She actually called her out and said that was unprofessional on your part, not checking your facts or not really understanding the whole picture. Right. Um, and even AOL.com does not show the actual full footage of what actually took place and how it built and built and built. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where he was just like, okay, I'm done. And he actually did something. Um, and I think that that... I mean, because there's two things that I, I feel our conversation could go. One way is, so does does Rosie have the right, or does anybody in the media have really a right to call somebody out um, about their, um, or, or to question someone's sexuality? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other way is just like, you know, the treatment of women in general. Right. And I think there's two avenues, but I'd really right. like to stick with, right now, the... You know, who has the right and when do we have the right to because uh, the other example I'm thinking of as well is Bill Maher. I think it was either last Friday or two Fridays ago on his show um, actually called out a senator um, on Larry King and then followed it up with his actual his show that following weekend um, and called out a House of Representative or senator um, that he's gay. And um, and actually stated his name, um, and it hit you know YouTube and um, all the the wires right, right. about what what took place, and um, you know did Bill Maher have the right? I mean I know that gay people aren't doing that anymore. We've decided. Right. 
as far as I know, not to do that. But um, I think we're talking about two different things, though, of calling people out about. You know, if I point out, if I just said on the air that I think Clay Aiken is gay, right. um, I don't have empirical evidence of that, but I, you know, I got pretty good gaydar. I knew that yeah. you were gay, for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> and, but that's, a, I think, a different thing. I mean, I'm speculating, right? right obviously. That's a different thing from, like, saying here is a video of somebody having gay sex in a park, and this is the person you voted for, for your, you know, I don't know what Bill Maher did. He just named it. He just named it. Yeah. That's a different thing than saying what this person said was homophobic, racist, sexist, whatever. Like, that's a diff, those are two different issues, I think. Okay. That. When we call out somebody for their behavior, we are absolutely entitled to do that. We are absolutely entitled to say, you know, I'm offended that you said that. You help me understand why you said it, you know, which is what I think Rosie should have done. But who am I to say? Or did you realize that what you were saying could be hurtful in this way? Mm -hmm. Like there are ways to talk about that and ways to make assertions about that that are responsible journalism. Right. The stuff about outing people is dangerous on a lot of different levels. And, you know, Bill Maher has never had to come out. He's never Mm. faced the trauma that that can be. Yeah. He's never, you know, his parents didn't shut any doors for him Mm -hmm. because he's straight. Mm -hmm. Um, He's never been, I doubt he's ever felt persecuted because of his sexual orientation. And, And he doesn't get to decide... When somebody makes that giant step, mm-hmm. you know, he, and so that's a little troubling. That's more troubling because potentially he put that person's life in danger, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there we can really certainly make that argument um, that, that he's put that person's life in danger. And so that makes it questionable. Rosie didn't put Kelly Ripa's life in danger when she said what she said was homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, while I don't agree with, that, with Rosie for being so aggressive mm-hmm. with this with her statement, I don't think that what she did was totally wrong. I think mm-hmm. that in the right under the right circumstances, using the right language, that it's an appropriate thing to do. Perhaps maybe having Kelly on the View and saying, "What the hell was that?" Right. Let's talk about this a little bit. Right. Um, but also, I think that it's important to call Clay Aiken on the carpet for what he did. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's symbolism i think in putting your hand over a woman's mouth absolutely that, does he really want people to see him doing that right does he really want people to think he thinks that's okay because that's what he did mm-hmm. he told me he thinks it's okay to silence a woman right and, and that whole symbol right there is where he i mean that 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 was very symbolic to me that he the body language mm-hmm. was very clear what he was trying to do silence yes. shut up yep. you you know and it's 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 crazy that absolutely that that he thought that was an okay thing to do regardless of how many germs are on his hand right i don't care about that right whatever right get a flu shot yeah but the issue is that he i mean how would the issue is that he felt entitled as a white man to put his hand across the the mouth of a woman mm-hmm. and silence her. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bigger issue to me than than what Kelly mm-hmm. said or what even what Rosie said really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you about. Um, well, I don't so know. So how could he have made that up? Because there's also Richard, um, the recent the the comedian who recently had several. Um, uh, racist statements 
You're looking at me really blank. I am. I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. I'm from the um, from oh my gosh, from Seinfeld. Um, Kramer. Okay, Kramer. Okay. Yes, the guy who played Kramer. I can't remember his name. Uh, I, can, um, I can see him. Yes, exactly. Anyway, Crazy the guy hair. who played Kramer. Yeah. He, uh, this weekend, he also um, uh, was at the Laugh In or something in L.A. and they um, and he was. Uh, apparently heckled by two gentlemen in the in the audience, and he fired back racially um, with uh, racial hate speech, um, and went way too far in his um, uh, in his handling of that situation. And Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I, I guess the thing is where. I, I people are saying, oh, this is a career ending. This is um, this is something where he'll never be able to go back into being a comedian or an actor. Um, it's very different than how Mel Gibson, um, how there's no video evidence of him. So therefore, um, people are more willing to forgive Mel Gibson um, than and and than they will be for Michael Richards uh, because of what he said um, on stage. And I'm thinking, you know what? All he really has to do is go underground for a year or two um, and then come out um, fighting racism and be as outspoken about going to different um, colleges and, um, and, uh, and really doing, uh, fighting the fight of racism. And I think people would start forgiving him. Um, and so I don't think his career is ended. ended. No, I just think I, he's got a little he's waiting He's got period. work to do or he does he. Because I think white people get away with racism all the time. But not that blunt. I think they do. Really? Yeah, I think they I guess do. My friends aren't that like, okay. I think that that happens a lot. And I, I think that sometimes there are consequences that are sort of tisk, 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 shame on you. Right. When's your next gig? Because I can't wait to go. Right. Well, um, and he did go up on stage the very next day. Right. It wasn't until he, um, until it actually hit the internet and people actually saw the video of someone from the audience took um, that um, I think nothing would have probably been done. Exactly. If it had just been the 200 people in that comedy club, right. there wouldn't have been any sort of backlash against him. They right. would have grumbled about it on the way home. Mm-hmm. And likely it would have been the people of color in the audience grumbling about it on the way home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of the, probably a lot of the white people wouldn't have said a word. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, you know, white people have no souls or whatever, but they don't, te- they tend to not realize that there's a problem with that. Right. At least in my experience. Well, they even started laughing. Right. Or they'll laugh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that he'll even have to... I mean, uh, underground for a year? No way. Okay. No way. And okay. I don't even think... I, I mean, if he just ignores it or admits some well, addiction went, to painkillers or right, something... Right, right. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. He does it. He didn't do it while under the influence of alcohol. He didn't do it under the influence of... He went on David Letterman, um, I think, two nights ago, uh, Monday evening, in fact, and um, Seinfeld... Jerry found Seinfeld was already scheduled on David Letterman for that evening, and Jerry asked for times for Michael Richard to be actually doing a formal apology. Um, and... And so he did this formal apology and said, I have already approached the community and apologized for it. But he never, um, but I'm thinking that, I, 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 I think there's going to be, he's, I, I think that's exactly, where I, I guess the thing is, is that even if um, the African Americans that were in the audience did complain, I don't think they would have been taken seriously. Absolutely not. 
you know. Absolutely not. And here the thing is, I'm listening to you tell this, the talk about this, and I'm thinking, you know, he so he did a formal apology. He said he was sorry. Does that mean he knows that what he did was wrong, and that he knew that it was a bad, not just a bad choice mm. to say those words? Because to me, when I hear somebody say I'm sorry, in that respect, that they're recognizing. Oh, I pissed you off. Mm-hmm. So I got to say I'm sorry for that. Right. And, okay, that was a bad choice in right. this moment. But is he recognizing that literally what he did was hateful and cruel and, you know, contributes to violence against people of color? Does he does he recognize those things? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just saying you're sorry, you know, not so important right i don't i don't want you to say you're sorry to me if you're not willing to back it up with a work right you know to to unlearn racism and make the world a different place right for people of color you know so so what he went on david letterman and made a formal apology that's what does that mean well and i think that that's one of the things in my life is why i i yeah you can apologize to me but the, the actions i have to see right before i can actually right. offer the forgiveness right um, absolutely and i think that that's what i'm going to need to see from michael richards is let's see what actions you're going to take at the very least make a big fat check to the yeah. NAACP yes. or, you know, or some, the, the, an, the some pro from, yeah, yeah, the Southern Poverty Law Clinic yeah. or, um, to the, uh, some anti, anti-affirmative action right. measure. Yeah. Um, something like that, you know. Right. May, at, le- at the very least, write a big fat check like that. Exactly. We'll take it. Yeah. I mean, not that it would be to me, but I'm just saying. Well, Yeah. It would definitely be welcomed. So, right. I mean, the whole the whole idea of what you were saying, though, about who gets to say what's homophobia, who gets to say what's racism. I mean, I don't think that Rosie was out of line and calling out. I mean, she, she's queer. Well, she's a gay woman. So she gets to say, you know, if something offends her as a as a lesbian, I think that that's her prerogative. Right. But I do question her method. Yes. To some extent. To, Absolutely. Um, especially once Kelly Ripa called. Because I think personally, it sounds like Kelly was sort of trying to make, of course, she probably came across as defensive. I won't deny that she didn't. But at least she was saying, okay, but let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was about, let's find out why you felt it was homophobic. And let me tell you what I meant. And Maybe you could have gotten to a place where Kelly's like, I can understand why you would think that was homophobic, because right. perhaps it was on some level. Right. But here's, re- I really was concerned about germs. I have three small kids, blah, right. blah, 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 whatever. Um, but being so defensive and crabby about it, like Rosie was, sort of shuts the door. Absolutely. There's definitely a way to confront, I think, all the isms, whether it's classism, mm-hmm. sexism, ageism. There are different ways that you can definitely approach this. And, um, but then also how would you approach it would also be the, how, the severity of it. Right. Even though I think it's the severity of of putting, you know, silencing women um, is very serious. I I think him making a joke of it at the Music Awards last night Okay, he got it. He knew it was wrong. Got it. Okay, sorry. Right. You know? And I think that, that, that there's probably no um, hurt feelings between the two, between Kelly Ripa and Clay Aiken. Um, right, they've probably totally talked about it. Exactly, and, and probably laughed about it. Right, like, oh he's my probably God, said, you're so right. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> shouldn't have done that. Right, and it's yeah. like, oh. um, but to then take it to just 
I, I, I think, um, I guess we've been dealing a lot. I guess the thing is, is I'm seeing a kind of a series of things that are happening in the media that are very shallow. I mean, the, the, they, the, mm-hmm. the media hasn't gone very deep with it. Um, right. with Mel Gibson, um, and, and. Well, it was explained away because he's a drunk. Right. Of right. course he behaved like a fool. Mm-hmm. People like to see, like, that's an easy report to make, right? Because right. people like to see, oh, well, you know, he's not like me because he was drunk and I'm not a drinker. And so clearly the racism that I express is not as hateful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not like that. I don't right. say things like that. Um, and I, it, it's very easy. I want to really quickly, though, throw in that... Given what I've said, I just said about, you know, Rosie maybe did it the wrong way to some extent and shut a door that could have been opened, is that I don't mean this to sound as though I don't support militant stuff, because I do. I think that it it has its place. There's a kind of activism, a kind of confrontation for everything. Yes. And for every instance of hate, instance of, of, of bigotry or whatever that we experience, there's an appropriate response. Yes. And yes. sometimes that is a militant one. Yes. And sometimes it's a, hey, can we talk about this? Right. Kind of path. Yes. And and so, but it's not always, it's not every activist or even every queer that knows what those responses are all the time. We're right. not always going to get it right and right. make the best choice. And sometimes our anger gets the best of us. Yes. Because it can suck really bad to be hated on so much all the time. That when you get a chance to fight back, you don't go too far. Right. You know, it's really hard to 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 keep that in check and say, okay, I'm not going to really get any get anywhere throwing a Molotov cocktail into this crowd of, you know, religious zealots. Right. That's not really going to get me anywhere but jail. Right. Even though I hate, they hate me so much. I feel so, you know, persecuted that that's the response I want to take. Right. You know. Well, I think there is talking. I mean, the perfect example I'm thinking of is ACT UP. Mm-hmm. I think that that was one of those things that they they did a lot of talking. They did a lot of negotiating. They did a lot of let's organize. Let's really make awareness. Let's really talk to the health departments about this. Let's really talk to the Center for Disease Control. Let's really work on this AIDS issue. But people just kept dying and they kept ignoring them. And so, fine. Let's get let's let's right. let's, let's get um, crazy. Yeah, and they did, and <laughs> yeah. they boy did they. And I mean, to the point of some of the things I'm really uncomfortable with, but but I think it was at that time the proper response. And mm-hmm. so then to be able to bring that up again today, I'm not sure that's the level we need right now because I think right. we've had 20 years of organizing, and if we haven't figured it out yet, um, then uh, there's some problems I have with that. But at the same time. I think we're not seeing a, one of the things that I I'm, I am upset about, and I'm 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 actually upset with the gay white male, uh, the gay white men uh, male community is that we don't we don't keep the level of of uh, I don't want to say anger, but awareness or not awareness, but um, righteous indignation. Yes. About the fact that we still need money for AIDS care. We still need mm-hmm. money for education. I just went to a workshop recently where AIDS is up in Washtenaw County and it just, it's the, it's an uphill um, uh, diagram. I just saw on the internet today that like AIDS cases are up 30% in China. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not just in the United States that we need to be concerned about. I mean, it's important. I understand that. Key. Yes, I, I guess but the thing is, I want to bring it home a little and yeah, saying that it's 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 here and and you know why the white gay male isn't isn't acting up? Why it's not um, the forefront and we're not holding people accountable? It's because now it's affecting African Americans um, right. that are straight, the IV drug using community, which in, right. in the gay male community they want to distance themselves. Absolutely, from. we're not drug users. Right. And I'm. And That's a choice. Absolutely. And I'm just like, no. what the, you know? And no, we still need to keep the attention to it. We still need to make sure the funding is there. Right. And so maybe I'm. I'm waiting for a confrontation to happen. But I keep getting reminded that it's now in a community that's not that didn't have that doesn't have privilege, that doesn't know what it feels like to to have privilege. Um, mm. And I guess I'm being really extreme with that, and I, under, I understand that speech. But it's what I'm really trying to say sure. is that when you're part of a community that's knocked down consistently over and over and over, just because, and just by walking in and not having the privileges that a white gay male has had, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy for a white gay male like myself to get angry and act out because I still have my laurels and my privileges of the, to Fall lean back, back on. on. Right. And so if something does happen to me, well, I've got something to catch me. Mm-hmm. Where other folks in the community, the IV drug using community, the minority, racial minority communities, um, women, um, are, are, have, are, especially if you have all three of those, um, it's, it, there's, there is some, uh, there's a lot that um, to be able to pick yourself back up, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's where there isn't as many guess, um, things to lean back on. Right. Um, it, and no way. I, don't I think want the he's show just to practicing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, really quickly, Dan, um, are you going shopping on Friday? Do you shop? Oh, on yeah. The oh, day I, I might this year. I might. Well, I just want to encourage folks to, you know, your dollars are votes. Yes. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yes. I'm not going to tell people what to do, but recognize that every time you spend money, you're telling that company you support them. Absolutely. So make sure that you're you know, choosing accordingly if yes. that's important to you. Whatever messages they're giving out to the community and they have as policies within their, commu- right. within their community. Right. So, yes, you're, you're, we're still voting, folks, with those dollars. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the Regents of the University.